Yeah! Pay your dues and sew your name patch on your jacket. It's time for the 27 Club, the world's only podcast about the group so exclusive you have to die to get in. Hosted by 27 Club Fan Club President Pete. Oh boy. I was I did the Christopher Walken thing where you just put random periods in the middle of your sentences. I think it worked out. I thought you were trying a new thing. Um, <laughs> no, I was literally, honestly, I opened a new tab as I was doing the intro, but I'm like, I know the intro. I can just keep saying it. And then when I got to the fan club part, I forgot the intro, so I had to pause to look. Uh, it's Pete and PJ. And PJ. Oh, you robbed <laughs> me. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm spiking hard right now. I don't. I apologize for that intro. I'm blowing out your all all your earbuds. Um. I knew you opened a new tab because I just got an email about suspicious activity on our Gmail account. Yeah, it's once again my email. If anyone, this is another round of uh, old man doesn't know how to do tech talk. Um, if anybody's if got anyone any out there knows why, out there. yeah, if anyone out there knows why my Gmail just refuses to say signed in ever, then please let me know because it's every single time I open up my computer, I have to re-log into Gmail and it's a son of a bitch. So that's really funny that you have that problem because I've uh, never had that problem in my entire life. Right? It makes no goddamn sense, but my my browser loves to kick me out. So <laughs> maybe it's because every time I log into my Gmail, I'm actually trading emails with members of the dark web on the Silk Road. So Gmail's just freaking out every time about my illegal activity. Dark web and Silk Road. What is this? Mm-hmm. Spider City? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, that's what it's called. It's like Gotham for Batman, and then they rename New York Spider City for Spider-Man. <laughs> that's why he's called cool. Spider-Man. Really nothing to do with his spider powers. It was already, yeah. Yeah. Just he's they the man call from Spider City. <laughs> Brooklyn Man, yeah. That was his original name, and they were like, ah, he beats yeah. too many women. That and- reminds me of, um, I guess, my graduation, not your graduation, because we graduated uh-huh. different years from a the year, same university. A, a year oh, prior Apart. to me. I did not graduate yeah. from our university. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. If you would have graduated, it would have been the year after me. <laughs> our... What do you call it? Commencement speaker was uh, Mr. Just Kidding Simmons, um, and who is an alumni of our university, and he was introduced by our president as star of the Spider-Man movies. And really, That's the only so better way funny. he could have said it is star of the movies about the man from Spider City. <laughs> Please welcome whatever his the... first name is, Simmons. Is his I truly first name don't not know. J.K.? I mean, it is, but I don't know what it stands for. I even, I wrote a whole article about him because his, he made like an indie movie that then was part of a like local film festival that he came to talk at. So I wrote about it for the newspaper when I worked there and I'm, I'm sure I knew it then, but I don't know it now. I, I just, just remember when he gave the year he gave your commencement speech. I lived with, mm-hmm. uh, f- three other people who also went to the same university as us and, uh, yeah. So we, for some reason, I got two copies of Montanan Magazine sent to us, and they each nice. got one. So we had five copies of Montanan Magazine with J.K. Simmons on the cover. Perfect. 
Which is weird Beautiful. that they were and sending that to Anaheim, you know? Yeah, true. Kind of strange. I know we did. We yeah, we did distance learning. Yeah, I zoomed in. They were doing Zoom before the pandemic, crazily. But. Yeah, we we kind of were the forefathers of that because we just refused. We were such rebels. We didn't want to show up to class. We said, "I'm gonna stick a computer right. in your class, and yeah, you're right. gonna teach." You to got me. yeah. You got a person to carry around a laptop with a with an external webcam, USB webcam hooked to the top to carry that shit around from classroom to classroom on your schedule for you so that you could do distance learning before the school offered it. It was really revolutionary, honestly. Yeah. I tricked a foreign exchange student um, into it. Not yeah. from I mean, where they're already getting tricked either. into paying four times as much as you should for that college, but... Yeah. Um, PJ, I never noticed in our introduction song there, and I'm sure we'll get into, I'm sure we'll get into it more oh, when we talk well, about The Doors. Certainly. Um, but... It kind of sounds like Jim Morrison gets like grabbed on the ass in the beginning of that song. <laughs> he, lets, he lets out a, yel- a little yelp that reminds me of like, yeah, when you're like a kid and one of your friends thinks it's funny to like, you know, do the like bagging, grabbing the, the back of your neck well, or whatever, Pete, you know. Moments like, before I started playing this song to start the podcast, your wife came in and pinched your little butt and uh, you that's made the true, same noise. Out. Yeah, I went, woo! It might have even been on mic at the beginning. Yeah. And I jumped up in the air and my legs like scrambled around a bunch in the air. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Like, <laughs> so. Man, we're fully artists on this podcast, if nothing. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of any fully that isn't uh, just copying off another podcast that we both listen to. So <laughs> we'll end it there. Um <laughs> PJ, this week I had a very funny talk with my father that I thought should be shared on the podcast. Ah, um, especially the because at the Mr. end of the talk, Peter. I recommended he listen to our new show, The Twenty Seven Club. So uh, hopefully he can he he'll hear us talking about him. Um, so I called my mom just to like catch up, you know, once a week or whatever. Got to call your old mother. Is that my squeaky chair? Yep. Now it's not squeaking though. There it is again. Are you sure that's me? I didn't hear it on my end. I wasn't even knowing okay. when it happened. It, lit- it it must just be from outside my headphones, but it sounds distant enough that honestly it kind of sounds like it's like on your end of the room. But okay. Okay. Um are we gonna have this fight on air, Peter? <laughs> yeah, we are. I, I we're definitely leaving that in. It's apropos of the story I'm about to tell. So I call my mom to catch up. Uh, I had forgotten that my, like some relatives were in town staying with them. So it was, you know, not a great time to talk, but, oh, but your dad wanted to talk to you for a second. So, okay. Like weird. My dad usually isn't like, got to talk to Peter, you know? Um, yeah. Well, he doesn't like you very much. So no, I don't know. It's just usually if I call my mom and he's like around he'll like, you know, yell some questions at the speakerphone, but it's, Mm. it's pretty rare that it's like Gary has a thing he's coming to the conversation with. Oh, so, now we know both it. of your parents' names, Pete. You've said them yeah, on air twice. I'm not going right. to edit it out. Got to So, dad's got to talk to you. Okay. Dad jumps on. Hey, how you doing? Good. Okay. Um, So, I listened. So, the other day I was at the gym, and I didn't really have anything to listen to. So, I decided to listen to one of your podcasts. <laughs> so, he said he grabbed, he grabbed one from, like, the middle of last summer. He said it was a best of, which, looking back, it was our best of Lil Mick episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, great episode incredible episode uh, incre- go back and listen to that one yeah but he said 
He's like, yeah, it was, I mean, it was really good. Like, I'm really, I think you're funny. Like all that, like he was surprisingly kind for how much, uh, like swearing and inappropriate talk we do, uh, on the podcast. How blue we work. Yeah, exactly. My dad's a hardcore Christian. So anyway, for those who don't know, um, so he says the, there wasn't really much Rolling Stones talk though. (laughs) And I said, oh, well, yeah, usually we like talk around, talk a little bit at the beginning. And he's like, yeah, no, it was for about 45 minutes. <laughs> or he, he said, I listened for about 45 minutes and there still wasn't any. And I said, oh, that seems a little long, but I mean, not unheard of. That's weird, though. So, uh, you know, uh, sorry, I guess I said, like, if I find the episode, I'll send you the songs we were talking about or whatever, because I'm sure that's kind of what he wanted to hear. So then I looked it up or like later that day I was, I was doing some driving. So I looked up that episode and started listening to it and it is straight up about 50 minutes. I think before we actually start talking about the rolling, about our best of Lil Mick, it's so much talking about nothing. Um, and what was the best bit from that? So what was funny? God, now I'm trying to remember. Cause he said he would, he said, yeah, you just, you ended up talking about, something else for a long time and i forget what it was and i was like i don't remember ever talking about that and then we talk about it for like 20 minutes i think that was the episode where we talked about Sons of Anarchy? The, the town no the town we grew up in how the 80s tours would come through all the time oh yeah i think he said yeah you just talked about fog hat a lot <laughs> and it's really we spend 20 minutes dissecting like all of those tours that you've been to and yeah it's so Wow. It was very funny and I felt really bad and but I did say I'm like if you want to listen to one this new run we're getting into it way faster. It's like maybe 10 minutes of messing around up top. So <clears throat> which brings me to my next topic, Pete. Yeah. I want to talk about we talk about Eric Clapton a lot and how he's a real piece of shit on this podcast. All we do is talk about how bad Eric Clapton is. We're we're like 20 minutes per episode away from this becoming just an anti-Eric Clapton podcast with then talk about other musicians at the end, like as a bonus. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're trending that way, but I want to bring up a positive role model in rock and roll. Um, Sure. We mentioned him a few episodes ago. The Godfather of Grunt. Wait, is he the Godfather or the Grandfather? And have Um, we talked about this? Well, I think he's the the Grandfather grandfather of funk. Oh, okay. the, The Godfather of soul okay um but neil young himself the mm-hmm. the the mr the, pono <laughs> ponio no that's that movie i think it is the ponos <laughs> um if nobody has heard this it's my favorite thing that any old musician dude has ever done um you know david crosby was fun for a while on twitter until he was like phoebe bridgers is dumb and then yeah. everybody was like oh, man we have to stop liking david crosby now um, no. But Neil Young pulled all of his music off of Spotify because mm-hmm. the Joe Rogan experience was one of the podcasts uh, that was most popular on Spotify. And he said, you can either have him or you can have me. And he took mm-hmm. all of his music down because he thinks Joe Rogan's a piece of shit. <laughs> I love it. Honestly, I love it. Yeah. Which is like such a cool move. Um, it really is. Like, because he doesn't need those Spotify plays. Like, I doubt he's making much money off of Spotify at all. And so the fact that he's just like, yeah. yeah, fuck you guys, honestly, is amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I did see that. It's pretty fantastic. You know, um, 
And yeah, and it did kind of make me think about, because we, we've talked a lot about Joe Rogan on this show, and um, I kind of forgot that he did the Spotify deal, but it is a yeah. little bit crazy that that's true, <laughs> basically. You, Spotify like, it makes me wonder if Spotify would have so... done that deal now. Right. He, you know, I mean, like, Spotify tries I think to be that on the happened other end of the spectrum like a year before the pandemic, when politics. he was still like... Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I don't know if they care that much. Technically, they're Danish, right? So, like, they don't probably really give a fuck. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just based on what they recommend to me a lot of the time, it's some hippy-dippy bullshit that I oh, yeah. always skip past, and I'm like, give me the yeah. ACDC and the Eric sure. Clapton, please. Yeah, that Janis Joplin, Doors, Ugh. Jimi Hendrix bullshit. Ridiculous. Disgusting. Um, Yeah, it is, it's very surprising, and kind of makes me wonder if, because I don't think they've ever taken like a podcast off for i mean they've never taken ours off so obviously you can say some pretty offensive shit um but it makes me wonder like if joe rogan would do anything that would make them take it off wow ponos are really expensive (laughs) holy shit i'm just looking on ebay because i always was i was really intrigued by them when they came out but i was in high school maybe so i couldn't afford one at all they were like three hundred dollars i had to make do with like you know a hand hand me down ipod nano from my brother um there starts at 250 oh there's a 200 dollars one on ebay is the cheapest one wow was that that shitty thing that was like zune but it was made on kickstarter yeah i mean it was neil young's thing the idea was that it was, was it neil young's yeah, I don't Neil Young that as being part started of the Kickstarter. The whole thing of it was that it would, it was a mobile, you know, music player designed to play FLAC files, lossless files, because uh, oh. every other music player or phone is designed to play compressed music files. So, right, it was supposed to give you like a hi-fi music experience on an iPod, basically. Um, huh. But it only lasted for like two or three years, just because I think not enough people bought them. There's not enough fucking nerds out there. Yeah. Um, it does kind of seem like that's something you should just be able to choose with your iPhone, though. Like in Apple Music or in iTunes, just to hit like a flack mode. And then even if it takes up an insane amount of space, but just to be able to choose that if you want. You can down, You can put flacks on there into iTunes. Can you put them on your phone, though? Yeah. Wait, you can really put flacks in iTunes? I thought it made you comp- or change the format. Huh. I've never no. tried. Um, I did have somebody. I was. This was back in the day when you couldn't get um, phones with like, you know, six hundred gigabytes of memory, yeah. and so I had an iPhone that had either sixteen or thirty-two, and my music took up twenty of those. Um, and my boss told me that I should just compress all the files so that they were smaller and didn't take as much room up on my phone. Yeah, it does. And I remember thinking, wow, you're kind of an idiot, aren't you? <laughs> A little bit. Anyway, Pete, how the anyway, hell are you? PJ. I'm doing great, man. Just living life here in the Windy City. I'm, uh... Trying to keep my top on, you know. What? Speaking uh-huh. of trying to keep your top on, there is this kid every single day. I drive by when I'm coming home from work, and that's about when school is, or like this school bus drops off, drops off in na- my neighborhood. And he always has a longboard, 
like tucked nice. under his uh, arm. And he also is always, or he's never wearing a shirt. <laughs> and I don't know if he gets off the bus and immediately takes the shirt off or if he just never yeah. wears a shirt. It's also winter. So why Weird. he needs to not be wearing a shirt is strange to me. But yeah. um, I saw him today again and I was like, what the fuck is up with that kid? Yeah. And he, That's a he's, weird one. This isn't when, when I'm saying kid, I don't mean he's like some 17 year old, like fucking longboarder. This kid's like 10. Yeah. Wow. What a badass. I know, dude. They grow up fast in the mountains of Colorado there, PJ. Is that where I am? Uh, I th- thought so. No. Oh, are you still in the we... foggy old London town? I got it. No, maybe Seattle. I thought we did talk about Oh, right. Yeah, I'm like, I thought we did talk about you moving. Um, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm wherever the wind blows me, man. Yeah. I mean, in this, in this remote learning era, PJ, um, does it really matter where you're based out of or where the work gets done? Cause no, it's basically like we the, said, cl- the cloud, the work gets uh, done in the cloud. I went to the university of Montana from sunny Anaheim, California. That's right. And now we've moved on to. And then, yeah, and then we moved, we globe trotted to London and uh, San, Francisco. Old, San Francisco town. Respectively, yes. Yeah, and now one of us has globe trotted further up the coast <laughs> to foggy old uh, northwestern town, and you've globe trotted back to the, the beautiful craggy mountains of Colorado. You decided to find the, uh, the original <laughs> spring where Coors Banquet water comes from. <laughs> Yeah, I just that wanted Colorado to see if it water that also they, the Rocky Mountain water that they brag about on the cans. You're yeah. like, I gotta find that spring. <laughs> oh, you know what? It's it a real. Uh, does it not say it on there? You're drinking a can of Coors. I'm drinking a stubby yeah. bottle of Coors. Um, which Same seems every to fucking just week with us too. What we do. <laughs> yeah. um, I think this might be my last Coors though. So I'm finally making it through like a 30 rack. So. Oh, see, I had one of the 24 packs of the stubbies. Nice. Um, it does not say anything about being brewed in a fresh Colorado mm. spring on the stubby bottle. Not enough room, Terrible. I suppose. Yeah, but there is a picture of the of the spring. That's true. Who's the guy, the like Spanish explorer who went to Ponce de Leon? You're really the Ponce de Leon, of course. <laughs> You're going to find that spring of eternal life up that, there in the mountains of Colorado. That's the what spring. the goal is, hey, man. Uh, just, like, just like they sing about in... A song we're going to talk about today, where the rivers are full of Coors Banquet, and you can just jump in and get drunk all day long. I forgot we were going to talk about Big Rock Candy Mountains on this. Yeah, that's uh, right. The other day, speaking of Big Rock Candy Mountain, good song, great song, fantastic song. We need, as a culture, we need to appreciate more Depression Era uh, folk tunes. But oh, um, I love it. It's great. The other day, Shelby and I, uh, my wife and I, were sitting around playing uh, the six-string Get Fiddle. Mm-hmm. and just like looking up songs and playing them and singing and stuff. And I was like, oh, Big Rock Candy Mountain. That's a fun one. I haven't played that in years. I look it up, start playing it, sing the first two lines, and then immediately I'm like, what the fuck is this song? And I realized I haven't heard the entirety of Big Rock Candy Mountain in forever because it gets like There's a lake of the stew tune. and of whiskey yeah, too. Yeah, it like immediately gets to all that. And I was like, I have yeah. no idea what this tune or rhythm is at all anymore. Right after Big Rock Candy Mountain, and then I oh. immediately don't know what's happening. <laughs> I added that to the camp I worked at Songbook, uh, yeah. so I'm very familiar, because nice. for some reason it turned into every kid's favorite song, and it's like, it's kind of nice about, to see. It's about cocaine, PJ. <laughs> yeah, that's what that Big Rock yeah. is, baby. Crack. That's right. 
That's right. Crack cocaine. Uh, well, should we start talking of, about? <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's a great transition. Uh, speaking of uh, old music and uh, 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 young uh, women, there's a road that I'm going. Country road going up, going up the country. Um, mm-hmm. Country road coming home up oh, to the country. Dude. What is it? What are you a mall cop? Because that segue was smooth, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about Alan Wilson of all people of all oh, fucking people. Another Wilson brother. Another Wilson, the sixth Wilson brother, um, and member of the Twenty Seven Club. Uh, so uh, we've we've obviously let's 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 go down the list. We've talked about Robert Big Dusty Johnson. We've talked about. I think it was wait, little, little Robert Dusty. Little yeah. Robert Dusty, yeah. Uh, we've talked about Brian Jones. We've talked about Jimi Hendrix. So James technically, Hendrix. in order, Alan Wilson died earlier the same month as Jimi Hendrix. So we're going to go ahead and talk about him right now. Okay. For you, folks, uh, and then we'll move on. What would you call it chronologically after that? Usually, we like to do chronological kind of things but um yeah. we just figured it would be more interesting to do it in a way where we maintain our listeners yes well yeah yeah exactly so we wanted to get straight into one of the one of the big names for you um and then we're gonna do our episode here on alan wilson and jump right to janice joplin the pearl herself and uh keep moving on down the line of the Mount Rushmore of the 27 Club. So Alan Wilson, uh, the first of our lesser-known members, quote-unquote, yeah. uh, that we're talking about. Um, oh, you've done spoiled while, the ending, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> you can't say stuff like that. And while I like, I definitely think he's lesser-known to the world at large, I mean, like as, compared to the other 27 Club members, there ain't no Alan Wilson Target t-shirts. Um, yeah. <laughs> or canned heat, even. Uh, but... I kind of wonder, I don't know, I'm curious how you feel about this. For me, at least, I'm kind of feeling like Canned Heat is a musical blind spot for me because they were really prolific in the late 60s. Yeah. I think really well regarded in their time and like very famous, like up there with the greatest acts of the late 60s. Yeah, well, and like and the just Beatles someone loved I had them. no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Or just a band I really had no idea about outside of going up the country. Yeah, I, I I had heard Going Up the Country because, I mean, who hasn't who heard hasn't? that song? It's amazing. Yeah. Um, if you listen to Sirius 60s on 6 for five minutes, you're guaranteed to hear it twice. So Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I've heard maybe t- two to three other songs besides Going Up the Country by Canned Heat, um, but no. certainly not a huge a huge band for me. Um, however, I am curious cause, cause I was thinking the same thing as you, where it's like, I know nothing about Can Heat. Um, what band would you equate that to today? Like, you know, 50 years from now, some uh, sh- shitty podcast is talking about members of yeah, yeah. the modern 27 club. Sorry, we're getting construction done in our house right now. So the guys, the crews could just coming in and out, you know, I think yeah. they're like, they're sanding down. Our house was looking a little fat. They said, like, we just had a contractor come out and look at it, and they were like, your house is, like, it's kind of just, like, thick around the middle. So they're doing, they called it house post suction. Yeah. 
They're going to try to make it little in the middle, but got got much better. Yeah, they're just sanding down the middle so it's got hips, you know, and then they're going to leave a big old fat ass in the back, so. Hell yeah. Yeah. This kind of house I like. Don't worry, I'm hosting a cat fighting ring in the next room. Oh, nice. Okay, perfect. Um, Yeah, that's a good question. I guess I feel like we got to go just slightly further back because in in current times, there's just no fucking way to know. But I feel like a really good one... I don't know. Music has become a little more fractured, but yeah. Give me your thought. I have a couple. I have a couple. We've talked about them on the band or on on the band on the podcast. I think I have a really good one, but you go ahead. Franz Ferdinand, a band that like seemingly was like taking over the world, and then yeah, people were like, "Oh, I really love them," and like a lot of acts like Blur and people like that would kind of like not copy them per se, but like tour with them they were like really big yeah. for a while and then like who the fuck gives a fuck about Franz Ferdinand now yeah I suppose I I actually don't agree with you just cause I think Franz Ferdinand was part of like a whole scene in the moment that they are was can't heat not part of a scene Peter oh they definitely were um but I think like there's other bands in the scene, same scene as Franz Ferdinand that are kind of still somewhat famous. Um, and Franz Ferdinand was more, was never that great. Basically. That's what I'm trying to say. Like they were never all that People great. Loved it. So I know maybe, that. maybe that's just my personal. Yeah. 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 No, I think cause my brother, yeah. it's my brother's favorite band to this day. Right. I right. Think, that's true. We've talked stupid. about this. That's a pretty good one. I was going to say, my Chemical Romance feels like a good one because they were with you. absolutely on top of the world. And I feel like people would, if you mentioned now to anyone that you like still like them or something, they would be like, so you wear those crazy goth pants? Like, what are you talking about? That's wild that you would listen to My Chemical Peter, Romance. Clearly you're not on TikTok because oh, all are they the big fucking- on, on TikTok? All the Gen Zers and- what do they call them? Zoomers are uh, getting yeah. way back into My Chemical Romance. Funny story about My Chemical Romance. Um, Always a funny story about our My Chemical fr- Romance. Our friend. A uh, bunch of people committed suicide because of their song. <laughs> <laughs> our uh, friend of the podcast, Jake Iverson. Um, I don't know if we say his last name. Yeah, <laughs> now we do. Yeah. Um, That's okay. He's a he's a f- aspiring stand-up comedian. So yeah. <laughs> he needs the he needs the the publicity. Um so he went to summer camp as a kid and there was one cabin that had a bunch of graffiti in it and you like sign your name if it's your last year and he nice. signed Jake Iverson MC Army. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's dope. Uh, um yeah. Jake uh Jake and I talked about trying to see them. They reunited to go on tour, I think this year is when the tour is. After like, yeah, over they announced a decade the tickets of being broken early up. last year, about a yeah. year ago. And I don't know if the tour is. I think the tour is still happening. I'm not positive. Um, they don't seem like they care. Uh, I don't think I'd agree with that. Gerard Way is a really good like. Oh, good I guy, forgot you basically. like him them a lot too. Oh yeah, I I mean yeah, it's I'm not bringing my comic romance up to talk about them, but I will gladly talk about My Chemical Romance. I think they're the greatest modern rock band. Oh, wow. Like, maybe tied with Green Day in terms of rock bands of the 2000s into the like, 2010s. 
either of those bands. I think they're both bad. Yeah. I mean, I don't love Green Day as much as I used to, but I think impact-wise, it's pretty undeniable how important they are. I think My Chemical Romance talent, impact, and like songwriting-wise is absolutely the best band of the 2000s. Did they like do rock, that? Or rock band. Did they the do that teenager song? Yeah. Okay, that song fucking bops. They that, scare the living okay. shit out of me, PJ. Yeah, that whole album has honestly like the best guitar I don't work hey, and hey, Peter, some of the best songwriting. Peter, shut the fuck up for a second. I don't care about talking about in, uh, my chemical okay. romance album. That's fine. I've heard one song on. and it's good and we'll move and on you're from done. there. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Fair. Honestly, fair. Yeah. Um, so anyway, canned heat kind of a, a sleeper classic band, I guess is what we could say. Like the real heads know they're great. I okay. Here's I would equate Franz Ferdinand PJ to Quicksilver Messenger Service. Like you think oh. you're cool for remembering them, but then you actually look up Quicksilver Messenger Service and you're like, yeah, but they kind of suck, so it's fine. <laughs> All right, I think that's a like, more astute. Yeah. <laughs> um, like not to spoil, I guess. I mean, it's not spoiling anything, but like Canned Heat are like legitimately a really fucking good band. So, yeah. like, I think just there was so much goddamn music around then, and they were at least in the era that Alan Wilson was alive, they were very much just in the lane of like traditional blues, white guy blues. Like they didn't really get out of that, you know, like become popular or anything. So I think it just, maybe that kind of hindered them, but it could be. So Alan Wilson, uh, was born in 1943 outside Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, and, uh, originally started, getting into music through jazz records his mommy played oh jazz records uh, and yeah jazz music and he learned trombone and started a band his first band was called the crescent city hop five <laughs> <laughs> that's what i call it when i get, when i give somebody a yeah one of them that's right Shut um up. And then, so then when he got a little older in high school he first heard a muddy waters album and got really into the blues Oh, cool. Uh, like every white to, guy in the 60s. Dude, it's only going to get more so. So he got into Little Walter and uh, wanted to play harmonica and uh, then got into John Lee Hooker and wanted to learn guitar. So ends up being a, ends up uh, playing guitar and harmonica and singing uh, because he heard at some point Skip James, who was a name I wasn't familiar with. Um, and you decided never put to on kinda, an old Skip James record no, and just did. relax. And, yeah. So he decided to sing in a falsetto that kind of copies Skip James. And I think I should have sent you the first YouTube link. There is a Skip James tune we can play uh, just to give people an idea of when we get to Alan Wilson, how similar it is, basically. <laughs> uh, this is a link about Alan's harmonica. That's the website. Yeah, the first YouTube link. We'll get to the we'll get to the website called alansharmonica.com. <laughs> We're getting there. If I try and creak my hair chair, it makes no noise at all. But if I just sit here as still as possible, it creaks like nobody's fucking mm. business. Maybe my chair is haunted by Alan Wilson's ghost. Maybe your butt's haunted, dude. Mm-hmm. Oh shit. My chair singing on the road again. This is a Whole Foods ad. I was gonna say. It's a good song though. It is. 
What's the name of the tune, PJ? Hard Time Killing Floor Blues. Such a badass song name. <laughs> Jesus <It is>. Christ. <laughs> uh, famously covered in the film, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah, this rips, dude. This is awesome. Yeah. Oh, the humming. So, yeah. So, Alan Wilson decided to to kind of copy this by singing in his falsetto and, like, apparently practiced for a really long time and was really embarrassed, like, learning it. Um, but then was, like, eventually figured it out. But very weird. Very weird, rare that you hear about a singer, like, intentionally deciding to sing away and teaching themselves it you know usually singing singers are like just this is my voice and that's it yeah the only other one i can really think of is uh bon Iver, or justin vernon mm. of bon Iver. Yeah. he who did he say he based his voice off of i don't remember but it was some lady and he was just like i like that she had a really yeah. high falsetto and i thought it was cool and i was like uh, i wonder if i could sing that high i and never then, knew that yeah yeah hmm um I always just thought his man bun was tied a little too tight. <laughs> Am I right? Hipster. He's bald. He doesn't have a man bun. Um. Well, he probably did at some point. No, uh, he didn't. Yeah, Peter. I'm sure he did at some point. Okay. Now take that well, boomer man humor bun is, off of this fucking his, podcast. I know this is a podcast beard. seemingly by boomers, made for boomers. Yeah. But we are not boomers. We're 27, <laughs> as the intro states. Yeah, we're zoomers, bitch. Yeah. Um, if anything, I'm Gen Z. So. Yeah. Uh, so he dropped out of college after three semesters to do music full time. He was studying music, cool. but it wasn't enough. He just wanted to play music all the time and not, you know, learn that music theory shit. Yeah. Boring. So this is something that I was not aware of. <laughs> but so we knew it was a thing in the 60s that a bunch of white people got into the blues. And we knew it was a thing that in the 60s, a bunch of white people decided to basically copy the blues. And also, though, that like there was this blues rediscovery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was this rediscovery where like the Rolling Stones would invite, I forget the specific guy, but they would invite like old blues musicians to play with them on tour and like open for them to like, you know, whatever. Charlie Muscle White. That's a white guy. (laughs) No, he's Native American. Oh, is he? Okay, sorry. Uh-huh. Not Charlie Musselwhite. Oh, sorry, the name was confusing. Um, it's got white in it. I get it. Yeah. Um, Jack Black confuses the shit out of you. So does Barry White. So, but it was apparently a thing, especially like for in the earlier '60s in America, uh-huh. for like these guys, these musicians to like seek out the old blues artists and then like book them for like shows at their college or like at the local library or some shit Hmm. so like literally alan just meets a guy in boston who brings i think muddy waters um that would make sense yeah yeah and it's just like yeah i tracked him down at his house in you know mississippi or whatever and started and like got him on tour so i'm driving around in a van to like all the college towns around here to like have him play shows yeah this would have been the era where it yeah. was after they were really famous in the U.S. and before they realized right. that they were incredibly famous in the U.K. And like, yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, Europe this was like general. 63, 64, yeah. 65 so right before that. Because yeah. I think that was like 
mid late sixties that they were like, Holy shit, I am so famous in Germany, you know? Right. Yes. So Alan Wilson gets inspired because he hears a rumor that Sun House is living Ooh. in Rochester, New York, right next door. Uh, so he goes and tracks him down by knocking on doors up and down the street, I guess, <laughs> to be like, hey, where's the old black guy who lives in Rochester, <laughs> I guess? <laughs> I don't know. That's a joke. Maybe Rochester is more diverse back then. but um, I would doubt it, but... I mean, oh, yeah, probably less. Yeah, good point. I don't know. Is Rochester even on? I'm like, immediately I just thought of, like, the Hudson River towns, and I don't actually even know if it is a Hudson River town. To me, it it, it screen, it's like Vermont, you know? It's just rich white folks. Right, right. Let's see. Come on, Wikipedia. Oh, no. Rochester's actually on uh, Great Lake uh, Erie. Is that Erie? Um, Like, way up in the uh, northwest of New York. Hmm. Who would have guessed? Probably yeah, I had no idea. I the... really thought Rochester was, like, yeah. in the, yeah, Hudson River Valley. Anyway. I did, too. Huh. So, here's... Sunhouse lives in Rochester. He goes and tracks him down and shows up at his door as like a 22-year-old <laughs> nerdy white kid. He <laughs> like, Mr. House, I love your music. Um, so apparently Sunhouse at this point had forgotten how to play all of his music and was like, eh, I mean, yeah, I used to play music, but I don't care anymore. I just live in Rochester now and go soak my feet in the lake every day. Um, so Alan... Uh, or Al, apparently, he was called uh, by friends and family. Uh, is uh, that what the Paul Simon song is about? Yeah. So Al, um, it's kind of the uh, the the blues rock version of uh, <laughs> Candle in the Wind. Um, <laughs> so Al played him, like, all of his old records and showed him, like, how to play all the songs on guitar because, you know, Al was one of these kids who would just sit around playing, you know, yeah. playing along to all the records and basically just taught Sunhouse back all of his songs to him. And so Sunhouse got back into music. Like he started doing the thing where he toured around a little bit in 1965. Um, he got a record contract or a deal to do another album, you know, like during this whole blues uh, explosion and Al plays harmonica and guitar on a couple tracks there. Hmm. Uh, which we will hear one of, no, we'll hear one of the, he also plays with Muddy Waters on, uh, on a 1965 album. And we'll hear a little bit of that later on. Okay. Okay. Oh no. I forget. It's either a Muddy Waters one or a Sunhouse one. Either is way, we're going to hear Levy, him playing Levy along. Camp Moan? Yeah. Is that Sunhouse? Sunhouse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll hear one of those tracks that he plays, uh, I think harmonica on later on. I think this is from the LP, like, jacket. If you, you being the listeners, I know you have, PJ, have ever looked at, like, a mid-60s album. There's always just, like, 17 paragraphs on the back written by someone. Uh, And in this case, it was Sunhouse's manager, Dick Waterman. Uh, (laughs) Dick Waterman. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So he says, Al... Al had never recorded before, but he's backed John Hurt, Skip James, Sleepy John Estes, Bucka White, and many others. He's good, and the record will prove it. Ah, Sleepy John uh, Estes. Oh, he was 21 uh, when he recorded this. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Um, And then this is from a book on that someone wrote, literally a whole book on Alan Wilson and Sunhouse, like playing together and, you know, rejuvenating his career. 
that seems um, like a book I would read. Like I'm being yeah. genuine. Like yeah, I really like very specific Honestly. era. Like not a mm, yeah. musician's whole life, but I really like when they're just like, here's like six months of this dude's life. You know, I you genuinely love that Rolling Stones biography that I read then that just ended in 1972 and had one chapter on, and they did other stuff after that. And who cares? They're yeah. the greatest band ever. So we don't even need to talk about the times that they were bad. Do you think we could get that author on the podcast? <laughs> no. And shame him. We could we could only get him on in a way where as soon as he jumps on the Zoom and we start the show, he's like, oh, oh, this was a mistake. Let me, uh, guys, I got I to go. I double book myself. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way we could get him. I, I want to get somebody somewhat famous on the podcast so bad. And I've yeah. been trying to rack my brain hey. about like, who could we, uh, who could we try to, you know, I don't know. Yeah lobby to get on here yeah i don't know maybe this person who wrote the book about alan wilson and sunhouse <laughs> maybe um so okay just here's a quote from the book um so al wilson taught sunhouse how to play sunhouse i can tell you flatly that without al invigorating and revitalizing him there would have been no uh sunhouse rediscovery so anyway huh so al pretty big in the big into blues well and it, it'll get more so um but he was just very known at the time, basically, for being, you know, for being a, like, white kid, nerdy white kid in his young 20s. Yeah. But just basically being for being so good at harmonica and for being so familiar and, like, naturally good at the blues format. Yeah. That every time he would play with one of these old blues artists, like, literally every single one is like, holy shit, he's wow, he's good. He's fantastic. This guy's um, going up the country. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. Around this time, right before um, he leaves the Boston area to move to L.A. to start Canned Heat, um, Al, a very important moment in his life, he gets his nickname, his blues nickname, Um from this guy named John Fahey, who he meets, who nicknames him Blind Owl, uh, because he was so blind without his glasses that he couldn't recognize people more than a couple of feet away. Ah. Um, and why I that? don't know, I don't know why Owl. he got the nickname. Like, I mean, I obviously, like, why is because he couldn't see, but like, I don't know how it came up that why this guy Owl? was like, we need to call you a nickname. Yeah. And then Owl, I think, I mean, isn't it like the cartoon thing that owls wear glasses and the little graduation cap and shit? That's because they're wise, not because they're blind, though. See, you know what? I, I take it as an insult because owls, much like hawks, are famous yeah. for their ability to see things from far away with their big yeah. eyes. And so, <laughs> yeah, blind true. owl, that's just like a useless, that's like being like, oh, soggy brick, you know? Like, who wants that? So, yeah, so he gets his nickname Blind Owl, which will become more important when every single member of Canned Heat has a dumb nickname, which Odd. I like, I don't know. I, I couldn't track this down for sure, but it definitely seems like they just want to be like Sunhouse yeah. or like Blind Lemon Johnson or oh, whatever, you know, absolutely. just like, so Sleepy they're dog. like, let's give ourselves these cool nicknames. And it's, yeah. God, the whole blues revival thing is so fucking weird. And like, I am definitely not qualified to talk about it more than just recognizing how weird it is, but yeah, it's strange. It's, it's this weird dichotomy of like a lot of these artists would not have been as successful. Like some of these guys still toured into 
like the nineties and two thousands and stuff, you know, guys yeah. like John Lee Hooker and stuff and like had long Half careers. of them were in the blues brothers. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, and like really none of that would have happened if not for this blues revival, but it is also so fucking weird that like just all these white kids are like, we're, fucking nerdy we're white kids. blues people yeah. now. We're blues people. Just like those people yeah. who like, were, and it just all comes from, who wrote the all the racism, songs about yeah. slavery, segregation of the South, and like, yeah, it's it's so odd. And they like, wrote about being a sharecropper. I'm gonna write about being a sharecropper. Yeah, same well, life, bud. Same life. And it's so weird. Like in London, when we talked about with the Rolling Stones, there's like a little bit because London was really, or England in general was like in this serious economic depression after world war ii yeah and so there's like a little bit of parallel you know of like feeling struggle and growing up really poor and shit like that or like only fucking alan wilson like he grows up in cambridge massachusetts (laughs) and like he i think he comes from a blue collar-ish family but it's still like it's just not the same at all man like i know your life was like kind of hard like his parents got divorced i think at some point and like you didn't have a perfect life, but it's like you're not now. Like you can't when, really identify. When I was with a kid, my guys. parents couldn't buy gushers because we were too poor. Mm-hmm. I know your parents were slaves, but like it's kind of the same thing. But like when you sing about like not having food to eat, that's how yeah. I felt. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I would love. I'm, there probably is a book or you know something about it. I would love to read someone who knows more than me. Um, and just, yeah, kind of get a better idea of that because it's such a weird time in history. But it's also, like, kind of undeniably good, I think, you know? I don't know. Yeah. So, like, in the the end uh, So people could stop copying product, them and they could, like, yeah. you know, actually make money off their music, you know? Right. So, anyway. So, Alan gets his uh, blues nickname, and then this guy convinces him to move to L.A., uh, where he starts canned heat uh not with this guy though which is really funny he like brings him to la and then immediately he meets bob height the other like main guy in canned heat and is like i'm gonna go start a band with this guy thanks for bringing me to la though and introducing me to this other guy (laughs) that's awesome yeah so uh let's see so canned heat uh they're named after a tommy an old blues song of course um called canned heat blues about an alcoholic who is so desperate he starts drinking sterno cans which is a badass fucking that's cool <laughs> name yeah. for a band. um i mean it's already a kind of cool name but then it coming from that is cool yeah. all right so here's the uh here's the whole band so bob the bear height was vocals harmonica guitar from not 65 very, to I'm gonna rate, 81 I'm, when he dies. I'm going to rank their blues nicknames. Mm-hmm. The Bear, not very bluesy. I'm going to say no, that's a not nearly as good as Blind Owl. Although yeah. I believe is Bob Height, one of the members of Canned Heat is like a giant, like a, yes, he looks yeah. like a bear. He's this right. really like tall, larger fella with really long hair and a really long beard. So I, I get where they're coming from with that. Still, not very bluesy, in my opinion. Pretty cool dude, actually. Okay, um, and then Alan Blind Owl Wilson. That one's pretty good. Let's see. Uh, Nine out of ten. Yeah. Several guys without nicknames, which I don't know how that's possible. Henry the Sunflower Vestine played guitar with them for many years, off and on. I think the Sunflower isn't bluesy, but the whole name... Yeah. I'm, I'm oh, going to give it go. a 7. 7 out of 10. 
the best is uh from 1967 on larry the mole taylor played bass <laughs> oh man i know exactly what that guy looks like without even looking him up I guarantee and then starting in 1969 they got harvey the snake mandel howie mandel yeah right his dad probably uh, and then they, oh my God, they've had so many members. The former members page is like a year long. Okay. The only other person with a nickname started playing for them in 1978 and then died in 1986. That's so sad. Uh, Mike Hollywood fats, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Hollywood fats is honestly, that's an incredible nickname. That's pretty I'm good. So jealous of someone being called Hollywood fats. Okay. So they start canned heat and, uh, like we said, one of the larger, like more prominent bands in the late, especially in the blues scene, but also just in the general scene. Hey, they were on the quick. Monterey Pop Bill. Yeah. Uh, when Mick Taylor left the Rolling Stones, Harvey Mandel was the guy who filled in. Oh, he was one of the guys who tried out. That makes sense. Yep. I remember we, making I'm the sure same we mentioned, Howie Mandel yeah. joke. We did. I'm like, I'm sure we mentioned that he played with Canned Heat, but that was eight months ago when I was like, canned heat or can, I don't know the difference between those two bands. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of them's German and one of them isn't. And I don't know. So, um, they play, they were on the bill at Monterey pop. They played Woodstock. Um, that's what I know them yeah. from mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Woodstock is the album, the Woodstock album. Yeah. Nice. And they had an international super hit in going up the country. So, um, I'm sorry, real quick, that's mostly what I know them from. The other thing is yeah. secondary to going up the country. So before we get into a little Alan Wilson track by track, let's check out the website alanwilsoncannedheat.com. That is just incredible. Uh, it's one of those beautiful websites that's just fully dedicated to a person and really it's for some reason in memoriam to Shirley Kenoki, who died in 2011. Hmm. <clears throat> All of the pictures of Alan Wilson on it are like those old school photos where it's your picture and then like a, a like faded picture of you behind you. Yeah, it's really um, good. So, but the cool part of it is under the instruments page, they have a lot of really cool detailed information about his guitar and the different harmonicas he played um, and like the way he would achieve all his tone and stuff. So basically the only really cool parts or really parts that are interesting for us on the show, although people can definitely go check out the whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, so he plays mostly a gold Gibson Les Paul. Right. I see that. I see that. And something that he does uniquely um is that he gets this really crazy sustain on his guitar um which was apparently due to god was it the bridge i think it was the way the bridge was made on the guitar that was like supposed to be bad but he like customized the guitar basically so that he would just get crazy sustain on it right. um which will come up on like two or three of the songs we're going to talk about today um where he gets just this really wild, like kind of sitar-esque almost, like sustain going on, like buzzy sustain mm -hmm. with his guitar, um, which is really cool. And then on the harmonica page, 
First of all, it had never occurred to me before. It makes perfect sense, but it had never occurred to me before I looked at this website that I'm like, oh, there's like good harmonicas and bad harmonicas, huh? <laughs> like if you play harmonica, you're like, that's a really good brand or whatever. Cause it's, you know, you know how, do you, as how are harmonicas owns, that much nicer? I have four or five harmonicas. Uh, it also never occurred to me. Yeah. It just seems like whatever one you buy at the store is going to be a pretty good one, but yeah. apparently not. Um, I don't remember. I think I was just taken with it because they have like three or four of his different harmonicas. And then, oh yeah, they have a yeah. playlist of his best harmonica songs, which of which we'll talk about a few here. And then they also have, he also played tambura, vena, and jaw harp. And they... Oh, for some reason, have a little bit of stuff about that. Oh, he plays Tambura also on on the road again, uh, which is the very droney song that we're we're going to talk about today. So, so let's get a little bit into the. Uh, so we we're not doing like obviously a real track by track of of any of the Canned Heat albums. We're just going to go through kind of a best and of. Why is that of because uh, they had like six albums out when he was alive, and as much as I'm now kind of into canned heat i don't think we needed to talk about all six albums of canned heat just for alan wilson so oh okay and if you take a front to that first of all i would say you're right canned heat are better than people give them credit for and second of all this is not a canned heat podcast this is a 27 club <laughs> podcast and at the end of the day we're not talking about alan wilson more than we're talking about Jimi hendrix so right uh so we just kind of picked a best of of ones that he wrote or ones in which he does a particularly nice whatever harmonica guitar anything on um so we can just kind of get familiar with the work of alan wilson so let's get up or let's get off with a start to jesus i just said that sentence with all the wrong interjection let's get off let's get off starting let's start off with ooh, whoa <sighs> You okay, Pete? No. Aneurysm think, or stroke? Yeah, my brain just broke in the middle. I was, I got so confused at myself. PJ, uh, let's start off with Levy Can't Moan from the album uh, that he played on with Sunhouse from 1965. And this song's like nine minutes long, so we won't listen to the whole thing. But Aww. Yeah, sorry. Sunhouse is so cool. I have yeah. a good looking woman lived in here. I had a job on the levee. I had a good looking woman, she lived in here. You know, that pretty little thing. Honestly, hearing this, I would have just, like, not knowing uh, Alan Wilson was on this, I would just assume that it was Sun House playing harmonica. Yeah. Yeah. 
trying to remember. I didn't write down a timestamp. I'm almost positive near the end of this, there's some like talking where Sunhouse calls out Alan Wilson being like, okay, how good well, he is. Then do you want me to listen all nine minutes, Pete? Yeah, I do. Okay. I'll wait. I'll actually take a break and just come back when we're done. Well, I'm going to go grab a beer in the meantime. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's take a break. We'll see you on the other side of Levy Camp Moan. She could have the big boat when she blows. Yeah, welcome back to uh, the 27 Club. PJ, out of curiosity, did you grab a different brand of uh, of beer there? No, I did not. I grabbed a Stubby Coors Banquet once again. Oh, okay. um, it's kind of what I had on hand. Yeah, okay. I was like, we could do Roadhouse Brews, but if we're just drinking the same thing every week. <laughs> I'm mixing it up, though. I got a... Some old Shinerbach. Ooh, I, I, I know. Classic Lone Star State beer. Right? Um, well, I don't know if he ever talks about Alan Wilson, but... Okay. it's. Well, I would say this is good harmonica, but I'm, I'm more impressed by his harmonica playing later on here. Okay. I mean, to keep <laughs> up with an old blues guy like that and impress him and also teach him his own songs, True. pretty good. Yeah, all that goes a long way, but and just in, I don't particularly love this song i guess so yeah. um let's go ahead and get to help me this is off canned heat's debut uh that was just all blues covers which incredible album cover for the yeah. time it's pretty bomb um so if harmonica was always like this i yeah. think i would be a huge fan of harmonica playing this is so fucking good harmon like yeah it's incredible well and then the way that he makes harmonica work with his voice is so yeah. cool just like the weird like moany kind of like almost talky yeah. sound he gets out of it on this song is wild i think i've never really, heard it like this before i think you'd really love little walter yeah, I should look up Little Walter. <laughs> it's it's similar to this. Do you know how someone does this on harmonica? Like, I thought, I didn't know you could make a harmonica not sound like a million notes playing at once, you know? Yeah. Um... I do want to, at about 1.30 here, his okay. solo is, like, maybe the best. Yeah. It's like that one harmonica solo from the Rolling Stones that just turned me on, or saxophone, I mean, that just turned me yeah. on the instrument. This makes me like harmonica now. This solo. It's so cool, man. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, fuck. That rules. It's just like, I have no idea how. Yeah, it's so incredible. You, you want to see me try to give it a try? I would love to, yeah. PJ's got the old... Uh, PJ, what brand harmonica is that there, man? <laughs> I have a I have a Honer um, blues nice. band. Love it. Um, Let's hear it. I believe uh, Honer also makes the Marine Band ones, which are people oh, like, yeah. I guess. Sure. Yeah, give me, give me, just give me one second here. Yeah, you can teach us the Alan Wilson technique. Now, I know a jaw harp is a different instrument, but can you call a harmonica a mouth harp? Yeah, people do it all the time. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and say PJ's getting the mouth harp mic set up then. See, that's classic harmonica sound right there. Multiple notes at once, basically, you know. Wait, let me grab a, let me grab a different one. Oh, man. He's like Neil Young going for the second harmonica. If people don't know, that's a reference to a very fun YouTube video I found several years ago where Neil Young was playing live on some TV show. And it was back in the days where they would just literally keep broadcasting like while he was setting up in between songs and he was like oh I accidentally grabbed the wrong harmonica sorry and then like literally has to like take his coat off to like check all his pockets to find the right harmonica it's really funny oh damn shit Yeah. So how is that? Is that a is that a technique thing? Like, how do you achieve that sound? So there's uh, a few kinds of harmonica. The um, the one I was using at the beginning, I was a honer, as I said, a honer blues band. Mm-hmm. Which you're getting more of a like a more uh, chromatic, not chromatic, um, like chordy sound to it, a more resonant mm-hmm. kind of thing. But then. They have, and that is in the key of A. So anything you play mm-hmm. is in the key of A. This is a chromatic har- harmonica, also Hohner brand. Um, it is an Echo Celeste. And as you see, it's got two different rows of uh, holes on it. And you can um, play any note you want on it. Wow. So it's, I never knew. it's, it's chromatic. Um, so you can, I think with, with, and you know, I'm no harmonica expert by any stretch of the imagination. But um, I think with with a normal harmonica, they they key it in A because it's got two vibrating things. I think with this one, you can do them each independently. So if you blow into two holes, you're getting that. But if you only blow into one series of them, it's, it's, you know, kind of. Damn. Yeah. You know, shit like that. Well, there you go. I love that. Um, <sighs> not all of our fans knew I was a fucking thanks. harmonica. Yeah, man. Genius. Thanks for the music. The music uh, lesson. So now we can move to "On the Road Again," their biggest hit outside of "Going Up the Country." This is one of the ones I had heard. Yeah, I never had for some reason, but huh. Uh, so yeah, as we mentioned, there's the tambura that Alan Wilson plays, and he also plays harmonica. Oh, that's song. the tambura. I've heard that. The droney thing in the back, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this song fucking rules. 
Yeah, it's, it's awesome. So good. It's honestly so good. I love the like. It's really cool hearing like basically a like full on traditional blues song, but then with like the psychedelic instrument, but accompanying yeah. it, like not making it into a psychedelic song. It's pretty, pretty cool. This is what I wish the Stones had done with their psychedelic albums. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, this song is so good. Um, here's a good, this is a good point or time to ask you, PJ, when you, I know you've, you'd heard a couple, uh, Canned Heat songs, but yeah. would you say you were a fan of Alan Wilson's vocal stylings? Um, I really, really do like how he sings on, um, on, uh, Going Up the Country. Yeah. I also really love, I don't remember which Beatle it is in Get Back, I think it's I think George they're Harrison. talking about going up the country. Oh, oh, sorry. I yeah. thought you meant what song. Go ahead. Oh, no. They talk about going up the country, yeah. but it's either Paul or George is doing an impression of it. Yeah. And it's and then they start just playing it. But like at mm-hmm. first, he's like, here's the song, going up the country. And then, going up the country. And then he does yeah. it real high and cool. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I only knew going up the country, and I always really hated that song. What? It felt, yeah, I know. Well, just having that be the only song that I'd ever heard by Canned Heat, it just felt very, like, proto, like, kind of vampire weekendy, like, just twee indie music to me. Like, there's a huh. flute, he's singing falsetto, like, they're singing about going to the woods, like, just yeah. feels like, you know, it, I was not a huge fan. Um, and I, I was, but I want to talk more about his voice later on. I'm just curious if you had any thoughts okay. coming in. I like it. I think it's great. I'm trying to think. This song, I think, is like a big part of some movie. Not mm-hmm. a big part, but it's like the opening, I think, and it's yeah. it's awesome. I think that's where IMDb I that shit. I tried, and the only thing mm-hmm. I can find is that it's in the movie uh, uh, The Bucket List, which I have never seen. <laughs> um but it awesome. is on my bucket list to watch it, so. This is a really nice little harmonica riff. Whatever, the organ or whatever they're using is also really cool. Yeah. I think it's just guitar. I think that's just his like ringy guitar. It's cool. They don't. I don't think they credit anyone playing. No, just guitar, bass, and drums, and then tambura and harmonica. Um, this is a pretty good little harmonica solo. This song kind of like jams out at the end with a really long harmonica solo, and I don't think it's that good. But like, it's okay, but it's not nearly as good as Help Me. Yeah. Should we jump to an owl song? Everyone loves a self-referential. Yeah. Song. Like the rap song I'm writing about Skinny Pete and Uncle PJ. That's right. Um, woo! I'm not in love with this song, but I love the horns. The More horns blues so songs good. need to have horns. I like. I don't know if I've really Peter, heard it. It's so great. I've been telling you since the Beach Boys boys, every rock song could use a saxophone, and I would love it. Yeah. And any and this blues rock included yeah. in that. I, I wouldn't saxophone. even call this rock. I just call this like straight blues but with 
kind of a shuffle beat and then the horn section is really great but oh kind of like rock and roll you idiot yeah that blues with a shuffle beat what do you call it jesus christ peter all right all right shelby um listeners will be so happy to know that she does enjoy alan wilson does she okay. mostly i think there was one song i forget which one but usually my music quote unquote stresses her out um <laughs> and so alan wilson very much does not stress her out which makes really sense relaxed her a bit. um yeah the voice and you know just the more laid-back vibe in general but we did get into a long argument one day driving about whether or not i think it was going up the country specifically was a blues song or not because i was like it's like a blues no structure to a song but they're doing yeah. it in non-bluesy interpretation yeah. kind of and she was very much like no but it's a blues song like it's blues lyrics it's blues chords it's blues it's not a like blues chord song. changes her sister who is a professional musician and music major agreed with both of us so say what it's you not want. a blues song it's that's got pretty too funny much, it's no blues song in the world has a flute in it we'll get there my friend okay uh, uh, this song, let's... I love this song. I think it's okay, great. Okay, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a little, if the horns weren't on it, I would straight up dislike it, so. There's let's get to really uh... intriguing about his voice. I don't know. I just love it on every yeah. song. Well, let's get to my mistake. I love the guitar on this song. You gotta love guitar before like they invented effects. It sounds so good though. I love yeah. the tone on it. And then this comes in, yeah. Okay, so this song is I what got me. So I don't know who the fuck was recording his vocals whenever this song came out. Yeah. But holy shit. They deserve a gold medal and everything. Okay. Absolutely. Because this song is what turned me on his voice. After this song, I was like, oh, I think I do like his voice now. Because the double tracking is so yeah. fucking cool. It makes it sound like just a little more interesting. It makes it sound like kind of haunting and like. Yeah. And especially the way he's singing on this song where it's so kind of lazy and almost behind the song. It's It really works for me. It makes this yeah. like definitely one of my favorite songs we listened to this week. It's good. It's and, produced yeah. so well. What year did this come out? Uh, I believe this song was 68, 1968, off their album Living the Blues. This is killer, dude. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, production in 68 was not as good as this song. <laughs> like, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, this song's it. really great. And then when we get to the outro, there's more really good guitar playing. Um, but yeah, like if, if, uh, you know, help me was the song that turned me on harmonica. My mistake is the song that turned me on his voice. And now I don't love it always, but it, it made me like it generally when, when I didn't before. So I almost always like his voice. I think it's great. This song. Awesome. Yeah, this song this song really is just fantastic in a way where I don't even want to I don't have anything to say, I just want to listen to it. <laughs> no, it's good. I like that part. Yeah. Dude. 
Let's see. Let's go to like 30 seconds left and just try and catch that guitar outro maybe. Uh, well, I'm just going to leave it because we're at 45 oh. seconds okay. past now. So No worries. I'll certainly let you know when we get there, though. <laughs> yeah. Peter, we are okay, at thanks, 30 PJ. seconds now. Well, this is the guitar outro I'm talking about, man. I just really like that riff. It's good. Yeah. All right. Bum, bum, bum. So now we're to going up the country. Hell yeah, dude. Good job, Jim Horn. That's apparently who plays the flute. Let's see if he played flute on anything else famous. He played on solo albums by three members of the Beatles and toured with John Denver. Oh, I forgot about John He played John flute and saxophone flutist. on Pet Sounds and played flute on Goat's Head Soup. Damn, two bands we've talked about. Yeah. Which is funny that this guy's like apparently the go-to flute guy because I feel like it's <laughs> fairly mediocre flute play. Yeah. I mean, I've never heard a flute where I was like, shit, that was good flute playing. Bro, you got to listen to Jethro Tolb. No, dude, even that flute, I'm like, I don't know. I like it. I love this song. So this is apparently... It's not credited to this guy at all, the writing, but it was based on a blues song from the 20s called, uh, oh fuck, what was it called? It's called Going Up the Country, a.k.a. Bulldoze Blues. Bulldoze Blues. So PJ, why why don't you play us a little bit of Bulldoze Blues by Henry Thomas? This is an Acura ad. Oh, hell yeah. God, I can't wait to trade in my Lexus for an Acura. Did you know that without Delta Blues, we would have never rocked or rolled? I may stand corrected, Pete. I just keep listening. This isn't like a real flute, though. This is like a... Is he credited for this? It's the exact same fucking song, man. It's the same song, yeah. It's the same song, and no, he's not credited for it at all. Oh, what the fuck? It's wild. I know. I was expecting it to be like a very slow blues. I wasn't expecting the fucking flute to be in there, mostly. (laughs) That seemed like there's no way. I know. 
the only thing they changed is he sang it higher, and this yes. is like. And I like think a, they probably like a added a couple flute. verses, but yeah, this yeah, like yeah. A, it sounds more like a panpipe type thing. Yeah, or like a penny yeah. flute. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and. Yeah, man, it's crazy uh, how it's just the exact same song. And Al, yeah, I as well am like, I have to, I stand corrected. It's, it's just Al straight up a blues up. song. The yeah. only thing they did was the, uh, the tempo change, really. And not even and that even much. That, like it's only a little really. bit faster. Yeah. Yeah. Got drums on. That it, was that's... a crazy. I couldn't quite believe that when I clicked on that YouTube link. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Or clicked play on that video. This is why people hate white people. Yeah. Well, and also just weird that they would call it rewriting. Like, and I mean, yeah, it's it's obnoxious from a guy who like obviously had so much respect and yeah, like close relationships with a lot of blues musicians from this era that he wouldn't. Well, now I won't feel as bad saying this. Alan Wilson is the ugliest person we've talked about so far, (laughs) and that includes Al Jardine. Yeah. He is not a good-looking man. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's going up wow, the country, aka that is crazy. Uh, oh, buzz whatever blues. blues, bulldoze blues. So, huh? The next one we talked about was, or wait, no, actually, real quick. Okay, so I got you on this one. How PJ? I want you to know how many times did you listen to Parthen, Parthenogeni, Parthenogenesis? Oh. <laughs> Parthenogenesis. How long? How often did you listen to that twenty-minute track with nine sections to it, according to the album art or the album list? I I'm gonna be completely honest with you, Peter. I listened to it one time all the way through because I would and I would have skipped it. Yeah. But I was driving my work van nice. and uh, my phone fell off of the like oh, thing no. I put it on and fell under yeah. the seat. So I couldn't skip it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that is the only time I listened to it. Um, yeah. When it came up again, I thought, hmm, I don't really have time for this. Uh, I mostly just put that on there to fuck with you because I was like, it'd be really funny if we do the podcast and PJ listened to it every time and is like, God, I hated it, but I listened to it for the show. Because <laughs> like Alan Wilson kind of, you know, like he's obviously on it a little bit. It's it's basically an it, almost all instrumental, twenty minute like song suite, but it's yeah. not for how much we've talked about how great Candide are. It is not a good song suite. It's basically just literally nine little mini songs one after another. Like none of them are stitched yeah. together in any meaningful way. No. There's no rhyme or reason to it. It just sounds like they had a bunch of cutting room floor shit that they wanted to put on an album. It's a lot like Smiley Smile in that it's not <laughs> good. And but, I um, mean, it's definitely worse than Smiley Smile, but oh, it's definitely worse than Smiley Smile. But then, like, yeah, the changes that are supposed to be real smooth are not. Yeah, no. Um, and it's and like can, I think it's supposed yeah. to be like cool and psychedelic because it's like it's blues, but we're also doing a nine-part song suite of blues, and it's like no, it's just nine little miniature blues songs, one after another. Yeah, it sucks. I did um, not like it. Well, you should be glad then that I didn't throw Refried Boogie on there, which was the third disc of this uh no of this album that was 40 minutes of a live jam because who doesn't want to hear canned heat jamming for 40 i barely want to hear the allman brothers do mountain jam man like even that's a little too mountain jam pushes it yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's that mouth harp there it is all right next song change my ways yeah change my ways 
off the album Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Good name for an album. Yeah. I kind of, the only, I don't love this song. The only thing that I really like about it is it's kind of got another trancey thing going on just with the guitar again. I'm just playing the dun 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 dun, like just constantly playing that like one guitar line. But I will say, so I think the thing that makes you know a white blues band like Canned Heat or the Rolling Stones, I think what Canned Heat has versus the Stones is that even though he stole his vocal from Hard Time Killing Floor Blues, yeah. it is not what you're expecting out of a blues song. You know, mm-hmm. like he does it differently, and True. it, I don't know, I think that's what kind of gives them their edge, man. Yeah, I kind of agree. Like, there's a good, yeah, there's an unexpectedness and kind of a dichotomy, and especially just like when you listen to the lyrics, them being very classic blues lyrics, but yeah. then sung in this like crazy falsetto. It's like, it's, right. yeah, it's very interesting. Um, I'm going to go to the next sure, song. Yeah, if there's much more to talk about. Time now we have was. Time Was. Yeah. This is definitely my favorite song. I think maybe to the surprise of nobody because it's the least blues we're going to hear yeah. today. It's funky. <laughs> it's funky. It's really groovy. The bass line's incredible. This to me sounds like a song that you like drive around in the winter time too you know yeah it's really great and there's some oh, great guitar yeah. later on in it too yeah larry taylor's crushing it it's apparently their bass player by 1969 they swapped him out already Oh shit! Guitar's so good. Peter's got a boner. Sorry, your dad listens. I can't say stuff. I mean, like that. man, if there's any song that would give one to me, it's anything like this with a groovy bass line and some really nice guitar on there. Like, I will say, oof. he's like very clearly not using any effects. He's going guitar to yeah. amp and getting that tone from it, which is like insane. Yeah. It's pretty dope. Good for him, dude. So. Yeah, time was rules. It's so good. Talking about I don't all these know. rock bands makes me want to start a rock band, Pete. What have you done to me? <laughs> Man, if only we both lived in the same place, we could start a a band with one good member, <laughs> one talented member. Hey, that's not true. We have uh, some. <laughs> we recorded some of the stuff we used to jam with, and one of the songs was like so good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you mean at the camp that summer? No, 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 no. At, when else did we ever record? In my, ba- in my room basement thing. We used to, Paul used to play drums. That. He oh, would play yeah, bass, I do I'd remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool. Damn. Yeah. I know. If if anyone out there ever wants to start a band, I would love to play bass in a band, especially a band that does not have high expectations for a bass player for like the first couple of years. Which is no band. Exactly, I mean, yeah. Like, I can just mean. play the root notes of the chords for a long time, and then I'll yeah. get better as I, you know. We play, could do but... the country thing where it's like, doom, 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 doom. Yeah, doom, I can do doom, that too. Doom. Yeah. But anything I can do 
while holding a pick, I'm, I'm happy to do. But not, don't, I guess Paul McCartney uses a pick, so don't, don't start from there. Anyway, time was really rocks, and mostly because it's not blues. Let's get to Do Not Enter. <laughs> also from Hallelujah. This is more like uh, John Lee Hooker kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Until he starts. And singing. then, yeah, and then it's just. It's this one's maybe the weirdest to me lyrically with his voice because it's all about him being like really mad at his his girlfriend or whatever but it's like you don't sound mad <laughs> at yeah. all like you sound or even hurt sir. like yeah. yeah so i don't know i don't love this one but i liked it yeah get off my back Really good guitar again. Yeah, yeah it's cool. It's and then, same thing. Like, it's like a rebellious song about get yeah. off my back, don't tell me what to do. And then it's just like the just least the compelling vocal take of all time. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is the really funny song where at the end he's like, girl, don't do what your father tells you to. And it's like, mm, okay. This feels weird now. <laughs> but also is a very hippie, like, 1969 thing to say. Like, rebel yeah, against absolutely. your parents. Yeah, Yeah, I think this is sung from the perspective of a woman. Because didn't he just sing, I don't need no man like that around? Like, Yeah. Maybe he's talking about her father. Actually, kind of interesting. Oh, maybe. Um, it's very um, the guitar playing like the tone is very revolvery. Yeah, yeah, in a very good way. Yeah, yeah. This is pretty dope guitar. See, like, just for people yeah. who didn't listen to Parthenogenesis, this is not what it sounded like. It wasn't like a cool not transition like that no. between song sections. It was literally like the last song would have just ended and there would have been like a two-second gap and then this would have started. Like, Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't even music this good. And then I think it gets back to the original song after like a minute I'm, or two of this. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Ooh, phasing. They learned Which that is, trick from Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's fun, yeah. Especially when you have, like, good over-ear headphones on. It really yeah, works. Yeah. 
Damn, this song's moving to its third section. I I forgot that this song was such a uh, progressive Jam. track. Yeah. Yeah. I like this one more than I remembered, just because. Yeah, I I love all this guitar stuff. I just forgot which song good. that was on. Yeah, on the tail end of Jimmy, it's uh pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna skip. I know. Yeah, sure. Head to my time ain't long. Which, are we at our third out of four people who've written a song about how they're going to die young and then they've died young? Yeah. Because there's so. a Jimi Hendrix song about it and then I'm pretty sure there's a Robert Johnson song about it. I think we talked about it, yeah. Yeah. So, feeds into the myth a little bit more, huh? Yeah. This one's, it's I would okay. say, good, but not great. Yeah, it's solid. Yeah. It's more interesting just in what it is that he's writing a song about how he's not going to live very long. Yeah. Uh, we want to get to scat. Yeah, I was hella surprised to hear this. I really thought Steely Dan were like the first band that kind of brought back the like jazz bop thing to rock. So I was really surprised to hear this from, I think this album came out in 1970. The first 15 seconds of the song, I thought that Spotify had, like I thought the playlist ended <laughs> and Spotify had continued playing yes. something. And then I heard him singing and I was like, oh no, this is right. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Cool. I mean, and it's kind of cool, yeah. like knowing that he got into jazz early on that like he would have brought yeah. it back. <laughs> it's also just amazing hearing like a guy with this voice do scat. It's it's really great. It kind of sounds like ah oh, the harmonica is good though. Um, very good. It's like filtered through something. That's dope. It just kind of sounds like if you put a guy up on stage and he was doing an act about how dumb scat was and is like they're just yeah. going like hey shooby dooby, but then it's like I think he's seriously doing it. But it's pretty. It's a fun song. Maybe that's how his, his, his scatting started. Yeah. Is that he was like, yeah, I could do that old thing. They were oh, like, wait. actually, Blind Owl, that's yeah. really good. I assume they all just called each other their nicknames. All the oh, time. absolutely. What's the point of a nickname if not to call each other by it? We both go by nicknames. Some more great bass. This is a weird breakdown for a jazz song. No, it's not weird. This is very jazzy. No, I know, but the drumming's not very jazzy, so it just sounds weird. Oh, it is. It's just really, it's just faster than usual, but it's pretty, it's really jazz. I don't think it's very jazzy. Okay, you should listen to more jazz. Okay, well, Look up Plaque Vita Zen by Charlie Parker. It's a very hey, fast jazz song. Maybe I just didn't hear it right. It sounded like he was did like two drum rolls and then stopped. It didn't sound like yeah. he was doing anything interesting. Oh, okay. Let's get to London, London Blues. Sorry, I just like better drummers than you're used to. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so this is the last, I think, Canned Heat song released in his lifetime that we're going to talk about. That's a weird... We're going to talk about two more songs, but I think it's they both came London out Blues. after he died. Yeah. The construction workers have decided that now they're making themselves dinner, I guess, so there's like a lot of pots oh, and pans okay. in the kitchen. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> you got the catering company over to feed them all. Yeah, I guess, yeah. That's right. Um, I really like this song. I don't know why. It's it's not. I don't think there's anything particularly like special about it, but this might I be just the like most it. you've ever liked a blues-based thing, right? I spent this whole week struggling with like, well, and then after Robert Johnson, and then Jimi Hendrix had like a couple really great blues songs. It's like I'm facing up to the fact that like I don't I don't like the blues in general now, but I'm facing up to the fact that I really like some blues and that's yeah. a huge change well, for me musically all, all four of the people we've talked about on the 27 club yeah are have, blues influenced. have played blues songs that i have yeah. loved which yeah. i'm surprised at yeah it's true i think it's just the way this one's recorded like it's it's just recorded really well i like the chill vibe of it um this is like cool. mid-era beach boys stuff kind of where it's like yeah. a very chill song with just guitar out of nowhere but it like works yeah, yeah. And I also kind of like it's. I don't think it's actually a story song. I've listened to the lyrics yeah. like kind of closely, but it's a lot of like just random scenes, which I kind of like in a blues song. Like it's yeah. usually blues songs. Usually they are telling a story, but it's like a sad story about a breakup or whatever. But this is literally just like, and then she called me and told me I don't want to go to the concert anymore, so we decided to go to a movie and like just shit like that. And it's <laughs> yeah. it's very weird, but I kind of enjoy it. Like I said, mid-era Beach Boys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, 10 years before they yeah, did Yeah, you could tell he was starting to lose his mind. Yeah. Um, let's get to Boogie... God damn. Boogie, Boogie Chillin' Chillin number two? two from... So this is an album they did with... Canned Heat played with John Lee Hooker on the album Hooker and Heat, which... which hilarious. Yeah. So this is Alan playing uh, harmonica on this song. Can I ask, is is chillin? Is that like like children? children? Yeah. I think it's chillin. Like we're chilling chilling out. out. Yeah. Okay, because they spelled it on this, like how idiots in middle school spelled it. C-H-I-L-E-N. Let me look it up. L-E-N. Let me see if Hooker and Heat's Wikipedia page gives us any any Indication. Uh, clues here. Yeah. Oh, there's a whole page just for Boogie Chillin. Well, so this was first recorded by John Lee Hooker in 1948. It was the first electric blues song to reach number one in the R&B records chart. Well, honestly, because they only invented rules, the R&B so. records chart that year. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Just kidding. It's uh, awesome. Though. I like it. It's really good. I really love John Lee. Oh, Hooker, it is. Though. It is supposed to be children. Okay. In the Wikipedia, it say. does say it's supposed to be boogie children. Yeah. This one's also very long, but I want to get to some it's, of the harmonica before we start just talking over it. Yeah, it's 12 minutes long. It's pretty great, though. Like, this it is. It's a good song, yeah. This one's kind of worth listening to the whole time, mostly just because John Lee Hooker's voice is so well, great. Man. And this it's was so another great. one where I thought the playlist is over spotify is just playing john lee hooker for me and then i was yeah. like oh no this is on the playlist yeah because i like we said i knew nothing about canned heat before this yeah i don't know they did this album until i actually honestly yeah. i think i've heard of the album hooker and heat but i never knew that it was john lee hooker and canned heat you know like right yeah holy shit i just like i understand the pun hooker and heat but hooker and heat 
Yeah. It works on so many levels. I did not realize <laughs> that when you first said it. That's good. It's pretty bomb. It's a good. really cool album cover too. It's like all of them in this like apart this like tiny little apartment like yeah. living room. And all the lights are off except they have a neon sign on the wall that says Hooker and Heat and they're all just like sitting around in the dark. It's super cool. I, I've said in the past I am a sucker for any song like rock song that has a saxophone on it. I'm also a sucker for any album cover. Yeah. Where the the title is incorporated into the picture instead into of the just actual like picture, yeah, in font on it, yeah. I love that. I cool. love that on an album cover. Like somewhere, someone has a hooker and heat neon sign still, you know. Oh, absolutely. So we're gonna start. I'm gonna start talking about Alan a little bit, and okay. just interrupt me if when like some cool harmonica comes up. I guess. Okay, I would anyway. So, so he was a really like interesting guy personally. An interesting guy. He struggled with depression and anxiety. Like, people after his death have diagnosed him. Yeah, posthumously. That's what after death means. <clears throat> um, diagnosed him pos- posthumously with maybe Asperger's and or autistic. Um, just kind of based on how people would, you know, talk so about his personality and how he acted. On the spectrum, I think is usually yeah. What he was the term just apparently nowadays. a really awkward guy. Was like very stressed out um, and anxious about like social situations. Um, was just kind of a quote unquote weirdo, but like in a way that in the '60s everyone just would have shrugged him and like that guy's weird. But now we actually like doctors understand what you know that 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 can be uh, a real thing. Yeah. So um, yeah. So, like, he had tons of anxiety about touring, uh, would almost never tour with the rest of the band. He'd, like, get a separate car or take a different flight, or even he would, like, miss flights all the time because um, yeah. he was so anxious about getting on planes. He was hospitalized. It kind of sounded like anyone who we've talked about before. Ah. Um, yeah. Uh, he also uh, struggled with insomnia uh, and took cecobarbital uh, for his insomnia. Uh, which is kind of like Jimi Hendrix, another in- yeah. very intense uh, sleeping pill that they would not give you anymore. Um, here's a little harmonica. Harmonica and guitar at the same time, which I love. His harmonica, like, has the same timbre as his voice, kind of. Yeah. Which is cool. It's pretty wild. Um... So in 1968, Alan was hospitalized for depression and wasn't allowed to be released um, until Bob Height, the the bear from Canned Heat, uh, like took legal custody of him for some reason, which I huh. guess that that alone goes to show how they treated people who, yeah. who had mental health issues in the like 60s. Said, so this the is fact all that, sounding very familiar. Yeah. Well, yeah. But so the fact that, you know, they wouldn't have obviously like I don't even know if they knew about stuff like autism or asperger's back then um much less like even if they knew about it if they would have just sent you to insane an insane asylum like i really don't know right but anyway so um oh yeah his his fucking wikipedia page makes sure to note that all of this meant he wasn't very successful with women despite canned heat's fame (laughs) so good to know he didn't bone around a lot Posthumous yeah. roast, dude. I know, right? He might have been autistic, which means he didn't get it a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, but the thing that he really enjoyed... So in 1969, Bob the Bear uh, gave him a camper van 
Uh, so he learned cool. to drive, which he hadn't done before because he's, you know, had crazy vision problems, as we know. But he learned to drive and then would just drive his camper van to Yosemite or Sequoia or Redwood National Park, like, literally every minute he wasn't doing stuff with the band. Huh. Um, and would just go hang out in the woods alone for, like, a month or whatever while they weren't touring or recording. Holy shit, this guy's living everybody's um, dream. Yeah, honestly, yeah. So, really loved that. He would, like... Yeah, just spend all his time outside, collect leaves and plants and shit like that. He was really into, or he was really environmentally conscious. Like yeah. before he died, he set up this whole thing to buy more land for the for Redwood National Park. And like there's multiple like environmental funds still that are in his name. Um, cool. So, yeah. yeah. Huh. He also, this is a thing that I had no idea anyone thought in 1969 and I am a huge fan of. He was really worried after the moon landed that the moon would become polluted because humans are on it then. <laughs> Which makes perfect sense. Like, obviously, yeah. if humans, like, moved up there, we would absolutely pollute that thing immediately. Oh, yeah. But it's also just very, I don't know, funny. Well, I guess now, live... knowing what we know, that we, like, landed on it a few times, a dozen times or whatever, and just yeah. went away. Like, we didn't do anything. So I mean, he died in 70, right? Yeah, I imagine at the time they were talking about like, oh yeah, we can you know implement a yeah. lot of infrastructure. We're gonna build on the moon. a colony up there next year. Like yeah. all our manufacturing is gonna be on the moon. Yeah. So and then him being like, I think yeah. it's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. So uh. yeah, that was wild. And I'm like, were there other? Was that just him being kind of a crazy person? Like uh, affectionately. I, um, I bet he thought about it. Or a lot. was that like a thing that a lot of people were worried about in 1969? I don't know. I think maybe it was a fleeting thing. Maybe like Y2K. Know, like if yeah, somebody yeah, died exactly. in like, you know, January 12th, 2001, they'd be like, that guy talked about Y2K a lot. You know? <laughs> yes, he was so obsessed with Y2K. Yeah, he di when he died, he had like a bunch of stuff stashed like because he was worried about the banks. And, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so early in 1970, before the Hooker and Heat sessions, God, John Lee Hooker's voice is so cool. Um, it's so good, dude. He attempted suicide by driving off a road in la and is driving off man? the side of the road uh i don't think so but i don't know okay. that for sure thank god um so he was in the hospital when they did the hooker and heat sessions and he would like he was admitted to like leave to go record and then had to go back to I the was hospital gonna say they brought a microphone to the hospital so, yeah exactly so yeah so kind of a you know a troubled life as you'd say um yeah but less so than or in a very different way than the people we've talked about before, where, like, I mean, aside from having depression and anxiety, um, but, like, it, it wasn't like he was unhappy or, like, seemed like he was, like, doing stuff like taking his the drugs he was prescribed or drinking to, like, cope with stuff. Like, he yeah. generally seemed like a pretty, a normal pretty positive, like, normal yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, which is kind of what makes it a little extra sad. So he dies in September 1970, like literally, I think, three weeks or something before Jimi Hendrix. Huh. Um, so Canned Heat were leaving for a tour in Europe, and he missed the plane, but normal, like no one worried about it, because they just assumed he missed it and or had, you know, figured out a different flight or whatever to get out there himself. Right. Um, so they didn't call him or anything, uh, and then the next day... He was found dead in his sleeping bag on the hill behind Bob the Bear's house in Topanga Canyon in L.A. Um, Real quick, fucking, of course, one of them lived in Topanga Canyon. By the way. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Um, the cause of death was overdose on his sleeping pills. Uh, it was reported as a suicide at the time, apparently, but he there was no evidence of that. He didn't leave a note, and he had like extra sleeping pills in his pocket, so it was most likely that it was an accident. Um, huh. Yeah. Ooh, mysterious. Still, yeah. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if someone wanted to make it look like it was an accident, that's what they would have done. So, yeah, and thus ends the the 27 years of Alan Blind Owl Wilson's time on this earth as a rockin' harmonica player. Yeah, man. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we got one more song. Let's bring it on home. Oh, yeah. I think this was just one from that list of like his good, his great harmonica songs on the... Okay. on the website yeah okay wow i mean he how many albums did can't heat make well you said there was like six while he was alive i think six yeah, yeah. can you imagine being your age now peter and having put out seven <laughs> or six right? professional albums and having rediscovered a famous blues musician yeah and, and having recorded with, with pretty much every yeah. famous blues musician yeah man what a life yeah right yeah what are your what are your overall thoughts on alan wilson pj i gotta say i am i'm glad we did this podcast because now i can listen to more canned heat because <laughs> like i i went back and listened to hooker and heat yeah the whole album fucking slaps dude yeah. like it's all good um and i i liked i don't think there was besides that stupid 10 minute one that i can't pronounce um yeah or 20 minute or whatever it was um every song was good i liked every one of them um which makes sense because i you know i like their biggest hit a lot i like going up the country i think it's a great song um yeah i like i think if somebody ever was like name the like name the guy who founded can't heat i wouldn't be able to do it until now yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm glad that we're doing this podcast because it's like opening me up to this kind of stuff because I really liked this stuff. Yeah. It's a really good playlist you put together. Yeah. I mean, I just went through and looked at all the ones that he wrote and then yeah. supplemented with some of his like great harmonica tunes. Um, yeah. I mean, I think basically saying like I, I was so surprised at how much I loved this given that going in, I was like, I don't like this guy's voice and I don't like the blues. I'm going to hate this whole band. Like, I'm going to hate every minute of this. And, I mean, I don't love all the songs, but I liked a lot more than I thought I would. And Alan Wilson has turned me around on the harmonica. Like, I now at least will give it, like, a chance as an instrument. I mean, you're more used to, like, Dylan-y harmonica, where it's, like, nothing. Very much Like, you can just blow into that thing, and it's going to sound... like the song no matter what but like he's very precise yeah yeah Yeah. so i was really impressed and i had a fantastic time listening to alan wilson i don't know i don't know if i need to get more into can't eat to be honest like maybe i don't know if uh, i I it's probably worth listening to certainly going to yeah it's probably worth listening to a couple out maybe that that 1969 one where all the like really good songs were off of um hallelujah um but yeah, I'm glad we listened. What what do you think we want to rate Alan Wilson as a member of the 27 Club, PJ? Pete, it's got to be low. I mean, 
here's the thing. Okay, let's break it down. So like in all the things we could, I almost feel like we should have come up with like a rating system where it's like we rate them on different things that adds up to 27. Oh, that would have been good. You know what I mean? Like It's too late now. But... Like fame at the time. Yeah. Or fame during their lifetime. And then... Uh, fame now. What would it be? And yeah, like musicianship. Impact. Musicianship. And then 27-ness. Yeah. Uh, maybe as like the... Yeah. Like the last... He... Okay, so we could do 27... Or wait. Should we should we start this rating system now? I'm like, let's start it right now. Okay. Okay. And then we can do it together. Because then we'll have the same rating, which kind of seems more right than like rating it separately. Yeah. Okay. So fame during life. I will say that my uh, ratings for the other ones, I'm not going to go back and rate them. That stays what they are. That's fine. This will just help now that we're we're going to get into like three or four kind of lesser known people after after the 60s end here. And so I think it'll help kind of quantify their impact because I feel like yeah. it's been a little unfair to just say like, oh, he's a 12 because like, but. Ooh, I would have given him lower than a 12. Really? Because I, I mean, I was going to say like, club? obviously his impact now is very low, but I think. Yeah, I mean, I guess like I don't, I don't okay. know, but so I don't we, think we, his his death was something that like shook the world. No, we've got impact, fame at the time, mm -hmm. um, musicianship, and twenty seven ness. Mm -hmm. And twenty seven ness, ironically, will be out of six to make it yeah. twenty seven, and everything else will be out of seven. So, impact, so what do we fame. think? So, fame during life. Well, we know he didn't get a lot of tail. So that hurts his score a lot. It does. And the, f I mean, you know what brings his score back up a little bit to me? Yeah. The fact that the Beatles were talking about him while they were yeah. recording uh, Let It Be. I'm like, let's maybe go five out of seven. <sighs> I want to say a four out of a seven. You know, it's weird because okay. an odd number seems, I don't know, it's strange. I'm going to say four. We can do four. Let's do four. Impact after death. This feels really low to me. I mean, I know, like, again, maybe we're missing out. Maybe we're going to get a thousand angry emails. Email us at beachboysboys at gmail.com. Um, have you ever seen a Canned Heat t-shirt? Yeah, right. How many Like, is one albums? too low yeah. or is two okay? I think two's okay. I think two's I about right. Okay. I would say one and a half, but, like, we don't do yeah. half. Musicianship, maybe a six. He's definitely six. not like Absolutely the greatest six. musician. He's not up there with the greatest musicians we've He's ever not talked Hendrix, about. But, you know. but I would say it's it's yeah. Close. I mean, he's playing an instrument. I don't think anyone else we're going to talk about plays. So, yeah, that's he true. gets automatically a little higher if he was. I, yeah. Anyway, I think six, and he made you like the blues, Pete. Right. So, um, Twenty-sevenness. One. No, I don't agree. Okay, because here's the deal. Like, first of all, he died. Before well, Hendrix. okay, every single one of them died a tragic young death. His feels a little more like... My, okay. My so Jimi Hendrix was obviously cut short in his prime, but like Brian Johnson yeah. and Robert Johnson both were not like actively like ascendant at the time they died, but it kind of seems like canned heat. They could have been great. More so? Hendrix also, but yeah. here's my thing. And my 27-ness also kind of plays into impact. He okay. has never been on a 27 club mural. <laughs> I yeah, did not. That's kind of what we're doing. We're expanding a little club. bit, you know, of people's. 
And then also like him being so closely tied to traditional blues, which the 27 Club is like really it's rooted in pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I still say one, dude. I think we I have think... to do like a a two or even a three, but not a three for sure. Um, okay, then I'm doing two because we did four earlier for you. I will grant you two because he was 27 when he died. So, <laughs> so he's a 14. 14 out of 27 isn't even that bad. No, that's higher than I think I was gonna rate him by myself. Yeah, dude. I talked you into this dumb system. What would you yeah. rate him if we weren't doing our dumb system? Six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, at most. We'll see if this system lasts more than one week. Because <laughs> I next week to see I was if gonna we say what continue. like twelve. No, yeah. honestly, I think I would go like sixteen. I don't know. Part of me feels sorry that he's not like more remembered because it feels like he could have been, which kind of yeah. feels a little bit twenty seventy to but me. The, I don't know. The fact of it is that he's not remembered, which is right. not very twenty seventy to me. That's why True. I would go with a six probably. Yeah. All right. All right. Fair. I'm a little curious what I gave Brian Jones because this is kind of. I mean, Brian Jones is more famous, but we gave him 15s. Ugh. That's probably because he beat women, though, right? Yeah, that's very 27. <laughs> I. All right. Well, you know, the the set, the day after I turned 27, I started hitting my girlfriend. <laughs> she started falling down a lot of stairs. If you know what I mean. Jesus Christ. So that's the end of the show. Um, thanks for listening. That has been that has been Alan Wilson. Please write us if you're a fan of Canned Heat or if you've never heard them before and just are as taken with them as we are. Um, or just Boys Boys at gmails.com. Yeah, we yeah. want to hear your thoughts. We can, you can write us about the Beach Boys, the Rolling Stones. You can write us about any members of the 27 Club, past, present, or future. Um, and... Also, please. I'm calling it now. Yeah, that's right. Also, please go give us uh, just a really quick rating rating and one sentence review on iTunes. Uh, It doesn't have to be a good rating or a good sentence, but uh, just go ahead and yeah, yeah, just mention the fact that we're talking about the 27 Club now, if you can. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much that's pretty much it, PJ. Yeah, I think so. Now, yeah, now we're gonna go up the country. I'll see you on the other side of that road again. Yeah, we're going up the country to the crossroads. The drumming is so good on this song. I'm going to some place where I've never been Brought to you by the Beach Boys Boys.